on this episode of Twisted and Misunderstood. On this episode, with me, your host, Dominic J. Zenden, I'm going to talk you through some personal ways of being able to become much more aware of your inner self and the areas of thought that you may have to consider. These can be very useful when you need to feel calm or if you want to try to be your own spirit guide. So listen in. This episode is very, very good if you're looking to develop yourself spiritually. What is an aura profile? How do you see yourself? How do others see you? What does your energy look like? Well, all these questions can be answered if you purchase your own aura photographic profile. Every color photograph captures your unique energy signature. And I have learned over the years the meanings behind the colors. And this is what I now call an aura photographic profile. It's a 1,000 word report that tells you everything about yourself, how your frequencies and your colors vibrate, and what is the information behind your emotional, personal, and also physical self. So this tells you all about you, but it can also tell you about other people. Because if you send me a full-length color recent photograph of someone that is close to you, a family member, a work colleague, even your children or your pets, I can write you a detailed report and you can find out that information about that person that may take you years to find out if you just left it to understanding them over time. So this is what an aura photographic profile can do for you. Learn how to align your color frequencies to attract the best possible outcomes, the best possible people. Understand your friends, your family, your colleagues, all through the power of aura photographic profiling. It can change life. Visit mindsight.org to order your unique profile. And remember, you are energy. And that is what you always will be and it's what you always have been. The first thing you need to think about when you're going into spiritual or psychic development is who you are. There needs to be a plan. You need to base what you're going to do in a structure so you can comfortably do it. There's two things that we mustn't go ahead of and do beyond where our expectations may be. First of all, we have to be able to be calm. In a calm place, a place where we're not going to get disturbed. And also our mind needs to be calm. It needs to be away from mental stresses and strains. Now, for me, that can be come under visualization and meditation. And visualizations a great way of being able to take you into a different zone than what you're currently in. And I use my hollow tree meditation, which is available. If you want to have a copy, please email me. I'm happy to send it to you. But you can actually write your own meditation and then record it so you don't have to think about what you're doing when you're going into it. 
I also associate smells to meditation. So what I will do is I will light an infuser and I will use scent. Um, eucalyptus is my scent of choice, but you can use whatever scent you want. And when you go into your realms of spiritual understanding or you go in there to self-develop and you want to calm yourself down, burn that smell. If you put it into your diffuser or into your candle burner, it will take you to that place very, very quickly. And it's a really good tip because anywhere that you need to feel this calmness, just use the smell. Put it on the back of your hand. Even if you want to you know, spray it around you, it just helps you get into that moment. So that's the first thing. Visualization is the second thing. There's, there's no point in you trying to visualize if you're not comfortable. And for that, I would always say create your own space. Find a little room in your house where you're not going to get disturbed. There's no telephones or children or people wanting you. Um, never use, um, never go into a room where there's lots of electricity either. Because if you've got TVs on or you've got radios on, it's going to distract you. And I think that that's always, it doesn't work for you so well. So I would actually have a little place, a little, little, you know, a little corner of the house with a few comfortable cushions, a nice chair, and a place where you can burn your, your scent of choice. That's your relaxation place. Always make sure, because that little bit of preparation for that will help you. Then once you've actually started to use your visualization skills and you're following and you're using the things that you can put yourself into a different feel, then it becomes easier to start to go inside and to use your five senses to open up your sixth sense. Now, if you listen to Twisted and Misunderstood on a regular basis, you know that I do a lot of understanding on the five senses. I think they're there to actually help us and guide us. But most people seem to ignore those senses. So we've talked about the sense of smell. It is vital that if you're going to use your human body, that sense of smell is enhanced. And you can start to recognize smells around you. you know, for some mediums, it could be a very, very big step forward if they smell anything that is significant. Um, some of the first mediums that I trained a long time ago would actually smell cigarette smoke, which was and is quite a poignant smoke. But if you're not smelt something that hasn't been around you and it's manifesting around you and you recognize it, it will take you into that understanding that there is something there because the hardest thing that we have to convince ourselves of is that we're doing this for a purpose. There's an intent behind it and we're being authentic. So we're not going into a fantasy where we might be making something up or might be misleading ourselves. So the authenticity of psychic development is a very important factor. Now, there's one exercise that I teach my, my new beginners that is, I think, something you can do. And it's how to enhance your sense of taste. Your sense of taste is a very big and important part of who you are as a person. And if you get the sense of taste, you never know what you might, might come through to you. 
So we tried doing it um, blindfolded with, um, with little bits of food in front of us and seeing if we can recognize the food. So what you would do is you would um, team up with a partner or someone close or someone that is developing spiritually themselves. And you would have a few bits of different foods. You'd have, for instance, a slice of lemon. Now, a slice of lemon, you would know what that was straight away because as soon as the, the smell hits your senses in your mouth, your taste buds, you would taste the, the sharpness. And even talking about lemon, your mouth will start to water and you'll start to be able to sense and smell and taste it. So as soon as I mention lemon, I bet you everyone listening is actually tasting it in their mouth. It's that auto-suggestion thing. And sometimes that's how we pick up signals from maybe different dimensions, maybe imprints. Some might say a spirit would actually be able to put these suggestions into our consciousness. But if you don't recognize what it is, how would you be able to work with it? One of my favorite ways of doing this is with a packet of um, sweets. Um, fruit pastels are great. Starbursts are, are pretty good. And they have lots of different um, flavors and colors. But recognizing those flavors is really hard if you haven't seen what color the sweet is. And we play guess the sweet. So if you have um, fruit pastels, you can guess whether it's a green or an orange or a, a purple and see if you can taste the difference between the colors or whether your mind just tastes the sweet because sometimes we taste the sweet rather than we taste the flavor. So that's a really good game. But always have a blindfold or a you know something to block your, your sight and have a glass of water with you so you can refresh your water in your mouth every time that you've you've tried something. I've I've also used some um, chocolate, little bits of chocolate, as you may be happy to be able to eat that. Or you can actually try with um things like strawberries or slices of apple or even blueberries you know that's another really good one to be able to get into and you'll be amazed if you just practice this for a few sessions you know just 20 minutes of time your own awareness of what your flavors in your mouth are becomes a lot more heightened it's incredible what we miss i think we eat daily without really thinking of the tastes or the textures or even what it actually feels like. And if you go into a, a thought about um, psychic development, the chances are you've done this before. You would have actually gone through this situation before. And if I'm right about we're, we're all souls that have lived many lifetimes, then we've had many different foods over those lifetimes. And some of those food groups will be familiar and some will be unfamiliar. But it will be able to taste the difference between some of the really um, ones that we, we find ourselves attached to and some of the ones we don't find ourselves really liking that much. And you may be amazed by the things that people have eaten throughout history and the different types of things and how we come, we've become very fussy about taste now when there's plentiful food around, but how we wouldn't have been so fussy when we couldn't really find a meal or didn't know where our next meal was coming from. So that's your first thing to try to develop. 
develop your taste buds so you can recognize when you're having thoughts or memories of food put into your your consciousness and it will really work well for you if you're on stage or doing mediumship or even just wanting to be much more aware of the conscious world within the world that's around us the next little tip i would actually talk about is psychometry psychometry is the actual being able to feel an object and actually get the energy from that object through your hands or more importantly through your feet now we all have objects around us that we can use i tend to like using things like old coins or um, rocks rocks are great because you never know where that rock has been or even something as simple as a wooden door because wood absorbs all the energy that's around it and it holds on to that energy but i've also on stage i will do psychometry live and i will get people to pass me pieces of jewelry um, their glasses even or necklaces you know pieces of clothing that they've worn and every item that we wear on us has a signature within it of the person that wore it so if you've got a necklace that belonged to your late mother then we can look at that one of the best things that i was ever given on stage was a pair of flying goggles where we were able to pick out what it was like to be flying about 50 foot above the ground and apparently the man who let me feel them and and work with them told me that his father was uh, a bomber pilot and had actually flown missions in the second world war and it was so vivid to see another lady who's on the same bill <laughs> same night brought in a ring uh, but this ring had been placed in her purse and her purse was full of elastic bands and the first thing that i picked up when i held the ring was the elastic bands around the ring which was quite remarkable so it does show you that everything has an energy and everything combines within that energy to make it feel like it's actually there so if we can get used to being able to place pictures in our minds from objects that we find around us then we become much more aware of spirit and maybe even our spirit guides or our mentors or even our past or future lives those things are very relevant when it comes to understanding who we are because if we're all souls that have many lifetimes in many different areas and time doesn't exist we could tap into this potential of understanding the objects that are around us then we start to develop our own way of understanding who we actually are not what we think we are the other thing with psychometry that i find is fascinating is your feet now your feet right not necessarily my feet your feet all our feet <laughs> everyone's feet are very sensitive now if you ever want to walk into a house in just your bare feet you will feel all the energy of the people that have lived there now i once made the mistake of doing this in a castle and it scared the living daylights out of me, just the energy that came through my feet. Because when you walk on the stone floor, you can imagine all the energy from all the centuries gets absorbed up into the stone. And 
when you connect in with your bare feet, which most of us never walk in bare feet, most of us have shoes and socks on or slippers on or something covering our feet. Once you actually start to do that, you get all the energy of the place around you. And that's something that was extremely interesting for me to be able to pick up the energy signatures in that castle. I've always wanted to go down the London Underground and walk around in my bare feet. Because some of the underground stations in London have such a history. They have a histories of being bomb shelters. Think of the people that pass through those areas on a constant level. There must be millions of people that pass through the London Underground. And it'd be great just to be able to sense some of the more dominant areas in those situations. And I'm sure that one day I might get the opportunity or, the, or actually get the bravery to take my shoes and socks off walking through the London Underground. But I think it would be an amazing place to try that. But try it at home. If you live in an old house, try it. Try walking on the floors. See what you pick up. You may be surprised what comes through. And with psychometry, the most important thing is to trust what you feel yourself. Don't, don't think of anything. Just keep your mind very open and then trust what comes through to you. And be, be aware that it could be anything. Don't, don't condition your mind. Just hold your mind open and see what actually happens. So that's two areas which we can develop our own psychic awareness. In part two, I'll take you further into this and give you some really useful tips about how you can use things for your benefit. I am constantly asked, how do I connect to my guides, my spirit guides, my animal totems? Well, if you believe that you have these, these beings around you, then it's a really good place to start with meditation. But when I talk about meditation, we can all meditate, each and every one of us. We all sit and watch TV. And all meditation is, is concentrating on one thing for any length of time. So if you watch your local soap opera or you watch a, a TV program that you follow, how often do you sit there and don't even realize time has gone past because your focus has been on that particular situation? And when you're enjoying something, time doesn't seem to matter. So when you learn to visualize and meditate, do it in such a place where you're going to enjoy it. Because if you're enjoying it, 
then you will keep practicing. Don't do it at a time when you feel tired. And certainly don't do it at a time where your mind is on other things. The one thing about spiritual development above everything else is being focused in on doing things. So your concentration has to learn to be able to do the things that you do. Don't overstretch yourself. Sometimes a 15 minutes is long enough just to be concentrating on one thing. And you'll find that even if you start off with a short concentration span, as the days, the weeks and the months go by and you keep doing it, your expansion will come and you will start to learn how to concentrate for 15, 20, 30 and then probably 40, 50, 60 minutes, which is long enough to be able to do all the things that you want to do, including if you want to actually develop your skills on a professional level. Because let's face it, when we're when we're doing things like um, reading divination cards or trying to figure out a pathway for somebody, our concentration needs to be fully on it. We can't afford to slip away from it. So remember, if you want to reach into your guides, then that's something that you must develop. The, the thing with me is I don't believe that we have outside influences. I've never believed this. I've always thought of it as a little bit of a, you know, a, one of those things that we're told, but it's never quite proven. It's never quite shown. It's never quite um, expressed in such a way. And so when people say, I've got this guide with me, I've got this person with me, I don't doubt that. But what I do think is it may be something different to what they're thinking. And what I think it could be, it could be all the lifetimes that you've led in the past, in the future, even in the now, that are there and that you can tap into. And you could probably tap into any one of those lifetimes knowledge, any one of those lifetime experiences and you think if you've got all this knowledge in this lifetime and you think what you've accomplished and what you've accumulated, and then just think what you would have accumulated over 10 lifetimes. Then times that by 10 and then times that by 10 again. So your amount of knowledge is infinite. You are everything. There is no limits to what you can actually be or understand. It's just where you set your limitations and where your belief structures come in. Now, if your belief structures are limited, then you're going to limit what you believe and how you can actually understand things outside of your current knowledge. Because what you know right now as who you are may not be everything there is to know. Well, I'm sure it won't be everything there is to know. But what I am sure about is that what we will have is knowledge within us that we've never tapped into. And that could be stored in your soul. Some people might call your soul your acoustic record. And that's something that you know everyone has a different explanation for it. For me, the, the soul is intelligent plasma. It's a record of all the activities that you've ever done as a soul and every lifetime that you've ever lived in the past and in the future. And if we can tap into that knowledge, just think what you could actually help yourself with, just yourself, if you can tap into the future knowledge that you're going to gain. So 
there is no limit to what you can actually do with this. It's the first step in understanding that everything comes from you. Now, some people call that source. Some people call that uniqueness. Some people even say that the, the, the universe is full of claircognience, universal knowledge. So everything that's ever happened is coexisting together. And that would take you out of time. But what it does do for me, it allows me to get past this thing that we have guides with us. I don't think that's authentic. I don't think that's something that I personally believe in. But what I do believe in is that we guide ourselves. So that knowledge is there. The, the nice thing about this is that if that is the case, then just think you are all you need. You don't need to connect. You don't need to look for things that aren't there. Because the bit that matters to me is finding the answers to the questions that you set. So what we have to do is find the words to answer the questions that we're asking. And if every time we ask a question, we get two answers that create two more questions, then that time spent in a, inside ourselves within that consciousness that is our soul is going to help us unearth or understand new knowledge. And new knowledge is the key to everything that we do and develop. It's, it's said that if we can think it, we can build it. And if we can build it, we can think it again. So everything that we can actually see or feel, we can create. So that's very close to spirituality, the manifestation of an idea, the thought that something's actually available to us or that the creation of everything that we are and everything that we know comes from inside, and it comes from inside each one of us. And if you can think along those lines, then you may never be lost to understand how to actually access that information. And don't be, don't be using it for your own purposes. Go in there and see where it takes you. Don't, don't try and use it for meaningless situations use it for situations where you can surrender to your life that you're leading you don't have to be fixated on things you don't have to want to know where the future is because if you know where the now is the future will look after itself but if you can figure out outcomes of things that you're setting out in your own practice in your own life then you can start to work out what direction you're going in. And you may be able to do that for others using things like divination cards or pendulums or dowsing rods. Now, they're all old, ancient forms. You know, tarot cards were invented in the 13th century, so we believe. Even some people might say they go back as far as the Egyptians. But, you know, for me, it's French, Italian, you know, it's a, it's a bit of 50-50 which one started them. But I was told that King Louis, the something of France, had his artist paint him some cards that he could predict futures on. Well, that could well be the case. But things like scrying, where people look into bowls of water or glass mirrors, 
has been around since Aristotle's time in ancient Greece. And why not try? Why not try some scrying? Why not look into a bowl of water and see what pictures come up? Apparently, Nostradamus was supposed to use this method of foretelling the future using a bowl of water. I know that some of the, the Greeks um, wanted wars to be predicted, the outcomes, and the psychics in Greece never really lived too long because if they predicted the outcome of a war would be that they lose or they would be put to death, and if they got it wrong, they'd be put to death. So, yeah, I mean, psychics in Greece weren't that common. Not like today that you find all these psychics around, you know, offering you um, instant answers to ancient, ancient problems that have created, you know, and problemized your life throughout your life. The, the thing about understanding where the energy is, is a very important part of being a psychic. It's very important that you recognize your own value but also that the things that you're doing have a purpose and that it's much more than just thinking about something. It's about being able to visualize and how you visualize is very much down to how you feel comfortable. But scrying is one way. Um, people use bowls of water. They use black mirrors to scry in or they use you know walls or just anything that's got a just a, a sheet over it um you can use i know i teach people in my psychic classes to use brick walls but they will pick out faces because we are designed to pick out faces it's the same in a piece of wood if you look at a piece of wood you're going to pick out patterns because your eyes are designed that way through evolution but it's great to see what you pick up and it's good very good for you to practice that concentration of trying to pick up an image or a face or a property in a bowl of water, a black mirror. The, the other things that are very, very easy to get used to and don't take a lot of concentration are dowsing rods and pendulums. First, dowsing rods. Dowsing rods are great for locating items that are lost because they swing on the actual energy. So everything vibrates at a certain frequency. An animal vibrates at a different frequency to a person, a dog to a cat, and so on. And as long as you've got the frequency of that energy, dowsing rods can follow that energy, and you can find lost objects. You can find things that, that go missing. You can find objects that you might not have found just by the human eye. So dowsing rods have been used for centuries to find missing treasures, water sources, and even food that's been buried. So water and anything has this sort of unique signature that you can pick up on a dowsing rods. And if you want to try your dowsing rods before you start, get a bucket of water and just pop them over that and just watch them swing because the water changes the energy that surrounds the rods and they swing a lot freer above a bucket of water than what they would do above a stone. So try it yourself. Get a pair of dowsing rods. They're fairly easy to buy and just see how responsive they are to you. The other thing that people use are pendulums. 
Now, pendulums are one of those items that are, for me, still up for debate. I, I still think we can move pendulums with our mind using telekinesis. But I also believe that people will operate them by small movements of their hands. So we have to be a little bit careful how we use a pendulum. Most people teach their pendulums to swing left or right for yes or no. And we can do that. So we can use them to answer a question. We can also use them over a map to locate a source of energy. So in other words, finding buried treasure, for instance, a pendulum's really good for seeing where things are buried in the ground or where there's anomalies in the ground. It's also quite good for sensing energies that change. So if you're in a room, say you're in a cellar and it's um, a haunted cellar and you want to find where the cold spots are, well, the pendulum should react to the energy in that room. So they're quite a useful tool if you're going to go and look to find energies. People might call it ghost hunting. I would never call it that. I always think it's about being able to walk into a room where there could be an imprint of something sentient that you could pick up and the pendulum should respond to that. But you can train yourself to respond to it without the pendulum because you should feel it as much as the pendulum feels it if you're looking in the right directions for things. And training yourself to feel it is far better than actually you know, finding that you have to have a pendulum. And most people have a sensitivity, just some of us haven't really unearthed it yet. So pendulums are a very useful tool, but not always you know, necessary. But I would certainly say to you, have a go and, and practice with pendulums. Of course, there's, there's so many ways that psychics work. They work with divination cards. They work with um, pendulums and uh, crystal balls, they all have the same thing in common. They focus the thoughts. And for me, if you're wanting to start learning tarot or a set of cards, oracle cards, or any other cards that you really are interested in and you want to do that and want to learn it, put your own meanings on the cards. Remember, if you have your own meanings on those cards, you're going to be able to figure out what those cards are telling you when they come out of the pack. A pack of tarot cards is 76 cards. Think of the different combinations of cards. But the easiest way to know what those cards mean and what is coming through you could well be to have those meanings on. And if I'm right about psychic development and how we can pre-program ourselves to accept things and maybe from previous lifetimes who might have done that, then we will start to recognize the signs when they come through to us and not ignore them. And it's the little signs that mean so much, especially within how you develop your own psychic awareness.
I hope you've enjoyed this episode where I've talked you through some psychic awareness. If you want to contact me, you can do on Aura Profiling at gmail.com. If you want your own Aura Profile, come to me and again, we'll get a time where we can do that for you. Also, if you have any questions on anything we've done in today's show, then I'm happy to answer them. So just get in touch with me via the email, leave me a voicemail here on Anchor, or come and talk to me on one of my social media platforms. Until next time, thank you for listening. Bye for now. Today's music is by kind permission of Mal West MacWalters. Please go on to her SoundCloud page if you want to talk to her about jingles, music, managing bands, all the other things that this lovely lady does. So that's Mal West MacWalters at SoundCloud. Go and contact her or come to me and I will contact her for you if you need to talk to her. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Have a great week. Until we actually meet again next week, look after one another.